Well, let's, uh, let's begin again. If you turn to page uh, two of the, of the preliminary liberating instructions, you will see a picture there. And that picture is a, is a tree uh, full of all kinds of beings. People keep asking me about a merit field. What's a merit field? What's merit field? A merit field is a vast tree-like body, speech, and mind that is able to effectively liberate oneself and other beings with great uh, wise intention. The capacity, like a giant umbrella, or the capacity uh, of, of a... Um, a wonderful oak tree or something like that to protect and grow people in a way that leads to liberation. That is a merit field. So when we practice refuge, and Namaz Rinpoche many years ago when he was teaching the Abhidhamma, 1975, 1976, I have my notes, he said, beings basically go or bounce between refuge and enlightenment. We're always, we're always going for refuge. That's all we do all day. We go for refuge. We go for refuge in happy things. Happy people, happy things, better things, things that are shiny and glitzy or not. But we, we actually go for refuge to come out of the storm or the uh, untoward consequences of samsara. We're always doing that. The question is, is it well developed? Maybe not. So somebody uh, just a few minutes ago asked me about merit field. And, and Dharma, and I said the difference is, uh, I may as well share that with everybody, because it was a new metaphor for me and I, I kind of like it, is if you serve people cookies, I know it sounds simple, but it is to me very much the way it is. If you serve people, uh, you make some dough, some dough, and you make cookies, they, they're cookies, correct? And everybody would know that a, 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 a dough baked at 350, degrees Celsius for 30 minutes or 40 minutes looks like a cookie. And the dough kind of tastes like a cookie, yes? But it doesn't have much pizzazz. And you may say it's lacking a bit. But when you add a bit of almond, you add a bit of vanilla, you add some salt, a little bit. And you add some chocolate chips. Yeah, see, I'm, people are going, mmm, chocolate <laughs> chips and you add some a dried fruit and things like that, maybe some candies and, a, and maybe a seed syllable on top. We just had that for one of the Ganachakras. Wonderful cookies with, with um, 
seed syllables on top. Fantastic. Uh, you see people's eyes light up. You, you see them receive a gift that is more than just plain dough. Do you understand? So capacity, the, the merit field, which means power, is the power to affect profound, meaningful change in people for liberation. Cookies are nice, but you have to add the ingredients. You have to gather the ingredients that make it a super cookie. And so dharma is nice, but it doesn't necessarily mean super cookie. So if you want to find primordial wisdom and really grasp it and dwell in it, you have to have super cookies. And I, I mean that, really super cookies. So you remember in The, um, the Matrix? Everybody seen the movie The Matrix? Mm -hmm. And um, what's the fellow's name? Um, Neo. 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 Neo goes to the oracle. Remember that? He wants an answer. For the, he wants help from the oracle. And the oracle does what? Have a cookie. As if that's going to do it. And what does Neo say? But that's not going to do it. He wants an answer. And that's really why you're here. There's all kinds of cookies. It's just true. You, you, there's all kinds of cookies. There's all kinds of people making oracles. But you'd actually like, what are the ingredients to get the job done? Does it make sense? Yeah. And to get the job done for primordial wisdom, we're not just talking about wisdom, primordial wisdom, that is the complete freedom of the mind, requires a big merit field. So if you look at that picture, which is one picture of many, it has all the ingredients of an, of an enlightened merit field. Not a partial merit field, not a dumb merit field, not a this or that merit field, it has every enlightened quality. And that's the word you want to remember. Enlightened qualities, not enlightenment. The qualities. So when we give empowerment, if it's a full empowerment, the fourth empowerment is sometimes called, it's called the word empowerment, but it's sometimes called the empowerment of enlightened qualities. The last empowerment. Qualities. The activity. So you'll see that those, those beings look uh, like they're sitting, but some of them are, are uh, in flames, some of them are doing all kinds of things. And this is a giant field of enlightened capacity. This is what we meditate on um, to, to bring about a change, a profound quality, uh, to realize that in fact this field of merit, all these qualities, is primordially in our stream of being. So the real deeper seeds that I mentioned, the proclivity, is not the proclivity of unwholesome or this or that activity. It's actually this, which is far out for people. No, no, not possible. I don't even look like that. Well, you don't really look like Guru Rinpoche, but actually the proclivity uh, of that quality is already there. So when we come to Vajrayana, to discover primordial wisdom, you have to be introduced to primordial wisdom. Even if you stumble upon primordial wisdom, the chances are you won't recognize it. The proclivity, the other proclivities are too strong. Does that make sense? As they say in the old texts, if you met an arahat and you tripped over them, you wouldn't recognize it as an arahat, just some person lying on the street. So uh, this picture, is, which is one of many pictures, it's a picture, 
it's a Sunday school picture, uh, is called the refuge tree because we're always going for refuge. The question is, are we going for refuge towards awakening or are we going for refuge towards a, a, a state? Awakening is not a state. You don't attain awakening. You discover awakening. It's incorrect. In, in common everyday language, we say we attain to liberation, we attain awakening. We never attain to it. We make the discovery of it. It's already there. These are, these are common languages. The Buddha said, language of common beings having discourse to communicate. But it may not be true. It just may not be true in the end. So we go for refuge all the time, but we don't necessarily go for refuge to that which makes a big difference. Therefore, we have to sort it out. So in the Vajrayana tradition, all Vajrayana traditions of Tibet and a Vajrayana tradition of China or Japan will have a going for refuge in its fullest sense. And that means all the uh, fully enlightened qualities. So why would we meditate on all the fully enlightened qualities when we can meditate on some of the partial enlightened qualities? Do you, are you getting this now? When you're ready, which some of you may be and some of you aren't in the room, you then say, I'm ready to take on all of the enlightened qualities, not just three or four. I want all of them. This is a list of all of them. And we can find this in, in, uh, all the way from India right through Tibet and, and China and Japan. So it says here, uh, namo, which means to honor. Uh, great respect and honor is namo, which also is the root of our English word name from the Sanskrit. Namo, from now until the attainment, which is not right, but that's okay, the attainment of unsurpassed awakening, complete, full liberation. I and other sentient beings equal to space. Now, why would one ever go for complete, full liberation? Why wouldn't you just go for 25%? Wouldn't that make sense? I only have a little bit of time. I'm, 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 I'm a householder. You know, I've, got, I've got kids and I have work. Uh, why, don't, why don't I just do a path that goes for about 20 to 20, 25%? Wouldn't that make more sense? I've got 25%. Because sometimes when you, when you go for 25%, you only torque the wrench partway. What happens, Brad, when you only torque the, the, the pipe halfway or a quarter, and you say to yourself, and other people around you say, it's good enough. What happens, Brad? It, and it may be easy, even a worse problem, right? Yeah. So when we go for 20% or 15% or even 50%, we may be in for untoward things later. We may as well go for 100%. Even if you didn't torque it to 100%, at least you're satisfied you did a pretty good job, right? Did you get the idea? So if you go for 20%, you'll get 15%. If you go for 10%, you'll get 2%. If you go for 100%, in your lifetime, you may not become fully liberated. But if you get even 10%, that's called a bodhisattva. It's worth it. Do you get the idea? So if you reach out for full, complete liberation, and you only get 
you are a very profoundly saintly being. That's not bad. But if you only go for 20%, you might get 0.02%. Do you see? It's like walking into a kitchen and saying, I'm going, to, I'm going to make a turkey and it's going to be okay for my guests on Friday night or Sunday, right? It's going to be okay. I'll cook it okay. I'll cook it okay for those okay people. But what happens when you go into a kitchen and you go, I'm going to make the most amazing turkey for the guests tonight. And I'm going to love it, and they're going to love it, and I'm going to do all my best to put it in. And even if it doesn't turn out to be 100%, which it never is, quite, even the best restaurants, right? You can be very satisfied at 80%. Did you say me? Okay. So that's what this is about. What is the full refuge? What is the full realization of refuge? I and other sentient beings equal space. This is for everybody. We're not alone. There's no such thing as a human being. You know, you know that, right? I think I said that to you last time I was here. You do know you're not a human being. By any stretch of imagination. A human being is somewhere between, nobody really knows, somewhere between Ten to thirty, forty percent of the entire organism. All the rest is other creatures. We know that scientifically. Ten, fifteen years. It's now being written in major mainstream articles. Uh, that's what a human being is. It's an ecosystem of other beings. And when we live in society, and we live anywhere, uh, even if you're in your retreat cabin for ten years, you're an ecosystem of all kinds of humans and other beings. And they deeply influence you and you deeply influence them. And some of the greatest enlightened beings have been hermits, but they affected change all through the planet. And they only taught one person their life. But they started movements that are so profound that we're sitting here today actually reaping those uh, benefits. That's called inter dependence and interconnectivity, of which we're all in that. And how many beings do you think there are in this room? Beings. Would you say? It's, it's actually pretty close to infinite, let alone the rest of the world. I've been studying recently a fungi that, that link themselves onto a certain type of diatom that I've been seeing for years. And I finally found out it is for sure a fungi. But the fungi, of which there are billions and billions in the oceans, trillions in the ocean, turns out, is only two to five one thousandths of a millimeter across and looks like a little dot. But it has extraordinary consequences. And it turns out they're everywhere. Okay. And if those diatoms die, so do we pretty quickly because they're one of the most important oxygen sources uh, and carbon dioxide sinks uh, on the planet, at least 20 to maybe 35%. Okay, so we're, we're doing this with and for all sentient beings. When we take refuge in Vajrayana practice, tantric practice, we must and we have to, there's no way around this, 
we have to uh, imagine that everybody's practicing with us. I told you this is a merit field and it's a big merit field. That means when you practice taking refuge, you're supposed to imagine as many people as you possibly can also taking refuge with you. Otherwise, it's not Vajrayana, it's Hinayana. You're doing it for yourself. That's because you're not alone. Ever notice that, those that have kids? They're with you for the rest of your life. And their kids will be with you for the rest of your life. It turns out that all of us are with each other for the rest of our lives. We go for refuge to the guru, the source of all blessings. That means if we don't have a good mentor, we usually go off track. Turns out that in Vajrayana, the mentor is the most important because they're the living, breathing example of instructions of the Dharma. Books turn out not to do it. Anybody have, <coughs> don't have to put your hand up, anybody have about 30 or 40 Dharma books beside their bed and still kind of looking through them to find the answer? And you can go to somebody maybe who's actually not just read those books but practiced those books and get your answer really quickly. So we have a statement in science which is something like this in lab work. Um, one week or one, even one day in the library doing your homework will save you an entire year in your lab. Why? Because lots of people have done really good things before you, you may as well look it up and depend on them instead of trying to reinvent it all over again. So uh, those who've had uh, gurus or mentors, spiritual mentors, uh, that, have, that have changed their life because of instructions called pith instructions, direct instruction that's led to liberation, usually have tears in their eyes because uh, they realize they have been the source of all blessings for liberation. There's many mentors in your life. Some can be your best cook, some, some uh, your, your uh, best teacher in mathematics or your best English teacher, or they taught you art, or they, they taught you about love, or they taught you about things. But actually, when it comes to primordial wisdom, it turns out it's required to have a teacher. Even the Buddha had teachers. You have to have teachers that actually have that uh, direct experience and have studied it. So that's why they call it the source. And really, we should put in there not just source of all blessings, source of all uh, crucial blessings for liberation. That's really what it should say. If we were to translate this uh, fully, in terms of its meaning, its intent, it would be source of all blessings that lead directly to primordial awareness. That's what it means. Not cookies. I, I can tell you how to make a good cookie, especially a macadamia flour cookie, which I get to make in, in Guatemala because we, someone's grinding up and making macadamia flour. So I, make, I like making chocolate chip macadamia cookies. I can teach you that, but it is not a path of liberation. Did you see that? And I can teach you how to isolate diatoms, and I can teach you how to culture diatoms, and I can teach you the fascinating world of, of, of fungi and diatoms. It's not a path of liberation. For that, you actually need a being that has those instructions, not just passed down, but actually lives those instructions. Did you see the difference? But if you're going to isolate diatoms and culture diatoms, you really should find someone that does it really well because you'll make a lot of mistakes for years. 
if you don't have the bendo technique. That's a curved pipette tip, which allows you to suck them up. And if you don't have that, you might be a month trying to get suck up diatoms, and they don't suck up until you twist the, you twist the pipette, plastic pipette tip, so it goes like that instead of like that. I know that from personal experience. <laughs> so I, I give great honor to my, my science mentors, my art mentors, but I give the greatest honor uh, to the, the, my, my spiritual mentors, which uh, uh, move me in ways that I, I would never in this lifetime have ever imagined. And then, so that's number one. And then we go for refuge to the Adam, the store of Supreme City. And for many Westerners, uh, this is beyond e any belief. These are the uh, radiant, enlightened nature of communication and bliss dharma. This is the Buddha bodies uh, appearing to those very uh, advanced beings that can actually see them and receive instruction. So uh, not only do, do we meditate on Yadams, but this is the enlightened dimension of activity. So we want to actually work with these Yadams as meditation because they bestow accomplishment. It's how we get accomplishment. And we go for refuge to the Dakini, dispeller of all obstacles. So the Dakinis, these uh, enlightened female dimension beings, uh, bring us um, freedom from obstacles. We need that. Every single one of us needs to get the obstacles removed. They're, they're in the way. And these wise, enlightened women who appear in dreams or appear in vision or actually med <coughs> meditate directly on them, with them, and become them, uh, that's how our biggest obstacles are swept away. And, uh, of course, in, in Vajrayana, we don't make a distinction between the Dakini, the Adam, and the Guru. The Guru should be embodying the Adam and the Dakini, that they should have that in them. Okay, next. You, want to be, you, want to, you asked about merit field? Here we go. This is what a merit field is. This is how you acquire a giant merit field by gathering these things into your bosom. That's a really old-fashioned word, I like that. Bosom, okay, into your heart. We go for refuge, uh, oh, we go for refuge to the Buddha, the first among humans. That, was, that means he's a great leader of humans because of his genius and his discoveries and his way of teaching. And we go uh, not just to the historic Buddha, we go for refuge, but we actually take it seriously. This guy was a genius and he is uh, created unbelievable effect among so many people. So, so that is, uh, we take refuge in Buddha nature, um, which, which is the ultimate Buddha, is, is, is our nature of all beings' minds. We go for refuge to the sublime Dharma, peaceful and free from attachment. That is the, the cookie of Dharma. It is not just a bunch of dough, it, if, it's, if it's not leading to peaceful and free from attachment, that means real liberation, it isn't dharma. And it is sublime because it changes beings' lives so profoundly. Uh, and we want all these qualities in us. That is the purpose. We go for refuge in the, to the sangha. These are, uh, here the word sangha means beings who've uh, attained and realized the dharma to such an extent they can teach it 
and they can affect uh, transmission to other beings, the, the bodhisattvas. This is called the supreme field of accumulation. We go for refuge to the dharmapalas, masters of activity. These are the uh, wrathful uh, protectors that protect the dharma and protect also practitioners. So in Vajrayana, we don't just visualize this. We don't just pray to this. We incorporate it into our being until it gains fruition and we own it. Is that pretty direct? That's, that's, I'm not making that up. That's the way the tradition is. So it says in the small text there from the preliminary liberation, it says, recite this three times and then the objects of refuge dissolve inseparably into oneself. Why? We are that. That's our enlightened qualities. That produces the big, biggest merit field. So you have to gather bit by bit all these qualities like raisins, chocolate chip cookies, vanilla. All these qualities need to be gathered into our being and become actualized so we can become a tree of refuge for other beings. Does this make sense? Now some of you in the room, probably all of you in the room, uh, I suspect, by looking around, are extremely talented in certain areas and are a source of refuge for a number or more beings. Is that correct? That's correct. I know that. This is the refuge of enlightened qualities that when someone meets you, what they get are enlightened qualities, even if they don't open their mouth. That means they get infected like a fungal infection or like a bacterial infection or a viral infection. They get the infection whether they know it or not because they've come in contact with you. Even if you haven't opened your mouth, something is left over. What was that? And that's a giant merit field. That's what the merit field does. Okay? So uh, I, I, had, I asked Ludo to run off um, um, a study guide I wrote called The 37 Factors of Enlightenment. Those 37 Factors of Enlightenment uh, in the Hinayana, Mahayana, Vajrayana, and taught a little bit differently sometimes in the Vajrayana, that's your merit field. That's what you want to gather. You want to bring that in, soak it in, and have that effective in your being. The greater that 37 factors is operating, the quicker and more steady is the, is the, is the uh, understanding and uh, um, grasp, if you wish, in a good way, the grasp of the enlightenment mind. And a few more points. In all the classic India teachings and Southeast Asian teachings of Vipassana that have come down from hundreds and hundreds of years, it's definitive. I'm speaking from the tradition. It's absolutely definitive. If you look at the stages of what happens before the transcendental experience, the, the experience of, of, of uh, freedom, that the 37 factors of enlightenment <clears throat> must briefly come together before that experience. You have to gather them even for a fraction of a second, just like this, before the experience of enlightenment. That's the merit field. So you say, how could I ever do that? Because you gather it and it prints itself out at the right time. 
That's, that's all. That becomes the river. The 37 facts of enlightenment becomes the river as opposed to the um, proclivities that one generally has. That's, that's really it. And how do we do that? We keep generating and practicing a big, bigger and bigger merit field, and you'll see that the 37 factors of enlightenment come together. Yes? Oh, they're, they're, I believe they're available over there, uh, Lido? Yes. And I think it's now, uh, yes, it is just after 11. I think that's plenty for this morning, unless you have some burning questions. That's okay. You'll. We can always make more copies. I think a number of people are probably staying on site for the day. I'm yes. wondering if you would be so kind as to offer some explorations for them to consider this afternoon. Yes, uh, that's, thank you for that. Um, one is the, the practice of causality, meditating on cause and effect using the six roots from this morning. I would really go into that and, and, and take it as joy as discovery. It's an amazing practice. Um, it's the heart of all Vipassana. Maybe not Vipassana taught today, but it's how I was classically trained uh, in Vipassana and how my teacher taught me, who was a master of Vipassana from Southeast Asia. It's how Lady Sayadaw, who originated most of the traditions, how he taught it. And I would recommend you begin there and then read and contemplate uh, the four um, thoughts that turn the mind away from samsara and going for refuge. Well, that's it. That's fine. That's, that's probably just a little bit. I'm only. Only. As Cheryl knows, I, I usually give out a few meditations. Why? Because if you just do one, they're great. Oh, you just need to do one. So that's what merit. Merit is, is the enlightened capacities growing that lead to great results. And if you don't create the field, you can't reap the merit, no matter how much you wish for. I am not a teacher of, um, what do they call it? What's that, that um, very in fashion thing today, being uh, taught all over the world. Um, you know, if you wish for something, you'll get it? Oh, manifestation. No, there's, there's the law of attraction. Uh, I take great exception with that. Um, <laughs> tremendous exception. Uh, the, the people that teach it make a lot of money. Um, the law of attraction does make some sense, is that if you wish for things, uh, they may come your way, but you have to create a feel. It's an interdependent relationship that you may not get the yacht that you want, but you may get something else. Uh, the universe is interdependent and uh, um, be very, very careful. You should wish for things that actually lead to excellent results. You have to create a field. You have to create the opportunities and the field by which things grow really well, not just wishing it in your mind. You have to put it all together. That's physical. So the, the wish-granting tree and... Uh, the, which is one of my Tibetan names, so I do like to teach it. Um, the wish-granting tree, the Yangdu, uh, eventually becomes the tree by which the knowledge, the wisdom teachings 
uh, can be given to beings, uh, not just nice fruits, not just cookies. Here, have a cookie. Uh, so, so you have to gather real things into your being and be surrounded by a powerful field of merit, of power, dharma power, uh, to gain uh, a primordial wisdom for the benefit of all sentient beings, which is called bodhicitta. Okay, I'll leave it there. You have to gather, and teachers are supposed to help you gather. Gather, gather, gather. What are you gathering? Gathering. Yes. Um, I'm just wondering if, if that's to say um, you're causing it to happen. Is, it, is that the cause and effect piece? Yes, but you have to do more than wishful thinking. You really have to create all the elements that come together. Uh, you may wish for a house, but you still may have to go to the bank for a loan. And you may actually have to have a good balance sheet to show that. Do you know what I mean? You can't just sit there and wish for it. All the conditions must come together. You have to, and so the same thing in liberation, not just for you, but for other people, you have to put the right elements together. You have to know what they are, and therefore you create a very strong possibility of it happening. And not just happening once, again, and again, and again, we call that fruition. It just keeps fruiting, fruiting. You want to be a bunch of fruits, a bunch of fruit trees that are healthy, fruiting and fruiting and fruiting and fruiting and fruiting for the benefit of all sentient beings. All right? And that's what teachers are supposed to help do, is they're supposed to help you put the elements together that are in your life and around you and in you and living in you that are uh, the most powerful merit field. And, and so this uh, text of the this is a short form, of the preliminary liberating instructions, uh, is, as far as I know, why I teach it, the strongest merit field. By the way, all the Tibetan traditions, all the schools have a similar tradition. I just focus on one or two. It's too confusing to teach from five different lineages. It's way too confusing for people. Which one? Is it Sakya today? Is it Kamakagyu? Is it Nyingma? Which school of Nyingma? Is it which, 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 which refuge prayer? Which, which one is it? It's too confusing. It's better, to be, it's better to be ecumenical and be universal, but then button down into one. <laughs> Get the job done. Okay? Yes, one so more. Would it be overly simplistic to say intention plus action will create merit? No. no. Uh, first of all, first uh, ask again. You can ask again. Please ask 20 times. Uh, first of all, you have to create the base of the merit tree and the foundation that goes all the way through, which is aloba, adosa, amoha. That must be really strong in your being. Okay. That's the intention. That's the intention, but it must show up as activity. Right. Yeah. You can't have one without the other. Can't have one. Yeah. And if it's not genuine, it's make-believe, it's make-believe. You know, Namjur Rinpoche sometimes would we'd be on boat trips, doing like a three-month retreat on boat trips. After supper, he would stand behind a bulkhead with a lemon wedge. <laughs> and you're coming kind of out of having pierogies, Polish ocean line pierogies. And of course, we're in retreat, but you're a little bit dazed having uh, a whole plate full of pierogies, uh, which I like. Pierogies can be very good, but night after night. Anyway, so you're, you're full of pierogies, and of course, you're not getting exercise. 
uh, and you're going through a bulkhead, and there's Nam Rinpoche hidden behind the bulkhead with a lemon wedge. Are you aware or not aware? <laughs> and when you get the lemon squirted at you, how do you react to your teacher squirting a lemon wedge at you? And then he sees it right there. He says, uh-huh, uh-huh. Tell me what your intent is. Tell me what your manifestation is. Because you can be so soft and nice walking down the corridor after such a nice supper and meditating all day long. But when the lemon wedge gets squeezed out at you, your reaction, your proclivity jumps out and you might try to strangle your teacher. <laughs> because it's lemon, you know, very dangerous lemon. But in that moment, in that moment, the depth comic pro proclivities launch themselves out, and that's what he's looking for. How are you really doing? How's your depth doing? How's it really, really doing? You meditator. Did you see? Then you get a test. You get to see. And we all get these tests. Isn't that right? We don't even need a Namja Rinpoche hiding behind a bulkhead. <laughs> well, he was very good. He speeded up the process. But uh, life presents extraordinary opportunities for lemon squeezing to happen and watch one's inner proclivities go flying uh, no matter what we've done, okay? So purification must be very deep. I'm going to leave it like that. That's it for this morning. We will need some sustenance called lunch, uh, and a break is good, not too much teaching. So let's finish with a, a profound uh, short dedication, not in the text. Uh, it is the three cycles, a dedication uh, of the three cycles uh, I've distilled uh, from uh, the, the, uh, uh, all three um, um, cycles of teaching. Uh, by this practice, may it lead to the cessation of suffering, uh, the floodings uh, of the uh, poisons, uh, of, of all, for all beings, idante punyakamang, asawaki wahanghotu, idante punyakamang, asawaki wahanghotu, may all beings have excellent relative happiness and excellent relative health. And may all beings discover primordial wisdom and a continuity of unbroken primordial wisdom, the union of wisdom and compassion as the greatest gift for all sentient life. Saramangalam, Saramangalam, Saramangalam. And what time is it later? 7.30. 7.30, come back, and those who are in retreat or out of retreat, may, uh, may you uh, gather oceans uh, of, of merit, meritorious activity. Great. And if people would just stay for a few moments, we'll have a few announcements. It's a great joy to be here because um, Cheryl has obviously um, incubated you really, really well. It's very nice. She's a very fine teacher, and it's it's a, it's a joy, joy to come in here and um, try to uh, what's the word uh, boost your batteries. 